0: Good evening, everybody, uneducated economist here. I cannot help it. I got to keep talking lumber. There is so much taking place in this industry right now. There is a lot of change happening. And now everybody knows. Everybody knows about the lumber and how high it is. And I have been reporting on this. You know, I don't know who else has done as much extensive reporting on YouTube for the last three years as I have on lumber. I have just... Just about every single week I have put out a lumber video. Prior to COVID, prior to the milk curtailments, prior to anything even happening. I was looking at lumber and talking about lumber before anybody cared about lumber. And now I have people telling me all the time. I get messages and emails, people telling me the reasonings that they believe that the lumber prices have gone through the roof. I have put out many videos Many videos talking about all the different events that had taken place prior to this exponential rise in the lumber future prices, which has now trickled into an incredibly high retail price. Now, I'm telling you guys now, the demand for this lumber is dropping dramatically. And now I cannot prove that with any kind of evidence out there. There is nothing to point to. All I can tell you is the experience that I am having and the things that I'm hearing from the other people that I work with. I talk to a lot of distributors out there and I ask them every single time I talk to them, what is in short supply? What is going through the roof in price? I constantly need to get this information so that I can relay that to my customers And for the longest time, it was like almost everything that you asked for. There was a limited supply of it. The prices were more than you had anticipated. It seemed to be that way with everything, except for a handful of items. Now, ultimately, when I look at lumber, I look at pressure-treated lumber. When I do my sales, when I work, I'm doing a lot of deck package sales. And to kind of give you an idea, last year, when I could get the material, I would sell, say, four deck packages for $2,000 a package. I would sell, you know, $8,000 in a week worth of worth of pressure-treated lumber. This year, I sell $8,000 worth of lumber inside of one package. There is a drop in the demand, but the prices are out of, out of this world. So it's offset. Okay. This is my experience that I had today. I call up to order my lumber, right? Every Monday morning, afternoon, I call up and I place an order for pressure-treated lumber. Today, my order was for six units. In the middle of June, that's pretty light. It's not bad. It's average. But it's really, it's kind of light for June. So I'm talking to the vendor. Hey, what's going on, man? What are you experiencing out there? How are the other lumberyards buying? Are they filling up? Are they buying truckloads? What do you got? And he says, "None, not too far off from what you got. And I was like, what, just half a dozen units or so for these lumberyards? He goes, yeah, just about. He says, everybody's pretty full, and they say that they're not doing a whole lot of sales. And I was like, I knew it. I knew this was happening. The prices went through the roof and people are postponing their projects. It's the middle of June. This is the busy season. This is the busiest part of the season. But people aren't working on their house. They're going out to restaurants. They're going on vacation. They're going out to go enjoy being outside for the first time in a year. But they don't want to work on their house. And they certainly don't want to buy expensive material. So I said that was in- that's incredible, man. I mean, everybody seems to be sitting in that same boat. I've talked to a few different different vendors, and they all seem to have the same thing to say that the walk in customer simply isn't there. There's still builders, you know. There's still construction going on, but that retail walk in customer is is absent. And we've done videos talking about that very thing. And I said, well, tell me about your busiest customer. How much are they buying? And he said, okay, well, I have a customer who buys two truckloads of lumber a week. He tells me. And he said, occasionally he'll buy just one, but for the most part, he's like consistently two, two truckloads a week. He said he called him up this morning and the guy told him, he says, I'm sorry, but I don't really need any lumber this week. First time he said that has ever happened. Now, one of two things, or maybe both, but either he's not as busy and is not going through that material, or he is sitting and waiting for the prices to come down because he doesn't want to buy expensive material right now. Like, he sees the future prices dropping, maybe anticipating that he'll get a better deal if he can just hold off. I don't know, I don't know who he's talking about, but he just told me that was the first time that this particular customer, who is one of his bigger customers, had postponed buying any material this week, which is the first time that has ever happened. So, anyway, I thought that was to be very telling of what could possibly be coming here in the next few weeks and months. Every every day the the lumber futures seem to be coming down and they come down dramatically. Like I said, seven hundred per thousand has already come down out of the markets from it went from seventeen hundred per thousand down to just under a thousand per thousand, which is just awesome to see. It has broke that psychological kind of barrier there of a thousand per thousand, which people never thought that it would achieve. I never thought it would have gone to a thousand per thousand. I certainly never, ever would have expected 1700 per thousand. So we're starting to see it happen now. And it's interesting, like if you not just look at lumber, but like the moment that lumber shifted as far as it peaked out, it hit 1700 per thousand and it started dropping in price. You notice that's where the rhetoric for the like taper talk, for like interest rate increasing, all that kind of like kind of talk started really hitting the hitting the scene at the same time that lumber was peeking out. Did you guys notice that at all? Like even today, I was reading just before I started this video. I'll go and find the article. and I'll put it down in the post there for you, or down in the link there for you in the description. But it's a uh, It was Jamie Dimon talking about how they're sitting on an extraordinarily amount of cash, like a, a big stockpile of cash. And I thought to myself, man, you guys have been stockpiling cash while everybody else out there is talking inflation. Inflation, inflation, inflation. Better get out of your dollar before the dollar is destroyed the whole time Jamie Dimon is stacking cash. Hmm. Were you guys surprised to hear that? So if you had watched my videos... Over the last few months, I have talked about stacking cash, gold, and cryptos or silver. I stack silver. I really don't stack gold. So I have been talking about that for those are the only three things that I go to. And ultimately, I have been putting most of my cash in the bank. And I've been just banking it and then sitting on it. Ultimately, I think that there's going to be a downturn in the markets. I think lumber to gold ratio is probably going to be very telling of that. If we see lumber dropping dramatically like we do, and all of a sudden we start seeing a spike in gold, (laughs) I would watch out. That's going to be very telling of a market downturn. You know, you think about it. What What does lumber represent? Lumber represents like agriculture, industry, manufacturing. It represents a lot of stuff. Like when it comes to production. And what does gold represent? Risk, right? To get away from, to to get away, to like safety, you know, to get away from the risk. You buy gold. If you're worried about dollar destruction, if you're worried about banking collapse, if you're worried about like, a place to secure your money that's going to be outside of the banking system, something that you can hold, something that isn't a paper promise, something that isn't an app on your phone. you got to have a tangible thing in your hand. It's silver and gold. There's nothing else that compares. And you got this day and age of cryptocurrencies and digital wallets, people being able to transfer funds all over the world within seconds. If you're not part of that game, you are going to miss out. You can refute it. You can like just like, I'm not part of that. Not me. Everybody else is going to be, and you're going to miss out. That's what's going to happen. If If you just totally dismiss the idea of cryptocurrencies and that you won't touch it, you are going to miss out. Because it is happening all around you. And at some point, you will have no other choice but to participate in it. And then as far as cash goes, I mean, just... Think about it. Jamie Dimon is loaded up on cash right now. What do you need during a market crash? What do you need when everything out there all of a sudden is dropping in price because the debt burden became too big? What do you need on hand? Cash. Cash is always king. Be fearful when people are greedy and greedy when people are fearful. Well, people out there were so afraid of inflation. Everybody, super afraid of inflation. Fearful of inflation, really. The fear of inflation. Fear, fear, fear. Well, you might want to get a little greedy on that. When everybody gets on one side of the boat, you move over to the other side of the boat. Who knows what's going to happen over the next, you know, four, five, six months. I keep thinking, like... These eviction moratoriums and stuff like that will end. The stimulus ends, but people are right. They just keep extending it. Like today, I was just reading a, an article talking here in Oregon how you know the powers that be are going to give vouchers for people who are going to be evicted from their from their house for lack of paying rent. So they're going to issue out these vouchers, and it's amazing because even in the wording, is it it's like people deserve a stable place to live or something like that. And I'm like, man, everything these people do has created such an unstable market. Like the stimulus, foreclosure moratoriums, the eviction moratoriums, all that stuff has created a very unbalanced approach to dealing with this housing market. Now everything is so heavy that it's going to be hard to keep it all, you know, straight and buoyant. At some point, it's going to cut loose. You know, one of the things that Jamie Dimon says in that article is the reason why he's holding cash is because the inflation is kicking in and that the Federal Reserve will have to do something about it. What they're going to have to do about it is they're going to have to start cutting back on the quantitative easing and they're going to have to lift the Fed funds rate. There is a lot of people who are going to argue against that. It's what's going to happen. It's what's going to happen, and it's going to destroy the market, because that's what has happened every single time that they do this. And they will have their reasonings for it, and there will be plenty of debate back and forth, but it will go. And once they go up, the markets will turn at some point, and when they do, they're going to crash hard. And when they crash hard, they can change the monetary the monetary policies, they can do all kinds of stuff. Because once the people start feeling that pain, and we've talked about this before, once they start feeling that pain, they will beg the government to do something about it. In fact, they will demand the government to do something about it. And the government is going to be like, oh, you know what? Perfect timing for our central bank digital currency to be implemented, isn't it? Make the stimulus checks so much easier to pass out. Anyway, um, uneducated economist, you guys let me know.